friends. Welcome to Back to Heart. I'm your host, Sierra Day. It has been a while since I have been able to sit and record a podcast episode. I had high hopes with my consistency in this podcast and being able to post every week, but with changes in life and in season, things are taking priority over recording and posting the podcast, but I still want it to continue and to live on and to breathe, even if the breaths are further apart than I would like them to be. They're just breathing a little deeper right now. (laughs) So I'm feeling like that's okay right now, especially for where I'm at in life. And it also gives me more space to come in when something is landing a little bit heavier in my life, in my mind, in my heart that I really want to share with you. It helps to give me clarity around what I actually want to talk about because those topics will stick in my head and they will repeat and repeat and repeat as if pushing me to share what what has been ruminating, what has been sitting and and collecting. And so with that, with one of those topics is something that I've been going through and experiencing over and over and over again over the course of my life in working with children, but especially so in training in conscious discipline, which is a a social and emotional learning style that I've talked about on the podcast before in the past. More information on this style of raising children and teaching children is in the show notes in the description, so you can go and check it out in your own time if you'd like. But I'm learning about the style of raising children and teaching children. And within conscious discipline are different skills that they teach. So it's an adult-first approach to teaching children, which means we have to learn how to regulate our own bodies. We have to learn how to regain control with ourselves and with our own psyche and with our brains so that we can pass down these skills to our children. And one of the skills within this is composure, which is one of the first skills that they teach within conscious discipline, because without composure, you're unable to really regain or or, or learn any of the other skills that we need in order to teach our our children, like assertiveness uh, and things like that, because without the composure, assertiveness can swing way too far into domination. And that is not the aim of raising our children. Our our aim of raising our children is not to dominate them. Our aim is to help them to gain the understanding to make decisions through critical thinking and through exploration and curiosity, right? But if we don't have composure, we're, we we lead ourselves and our children down the domination past uh, a path, which has been our past. So composure is one of those things that, like all of the skills within conscious discipline, is a forever learning and growing and evolving skill and process, right? Like with any skill, even if you become an expert at that skill, there is still room for you to forget, to fall back, to de- de-escalate the growth that you have had. And so there's room to be able to relearn and to regrow 
and to sprout maybe new sprouts or or new branches in order to reach a new level or uh, to go through a new path. We have to gain composure of ourselves first. We have to learn the skill of composure. And one of the tools that Conscious Discipline uses is an acronym called QTIP. And this acronym stands for Quit Taking It Personally. In order to gain composure when working with our children, and honestly within any any type of social relationship, but especially with our children, is learning how to take a step back from the emotional body, the emotional reaction in response to whatever behavior or whatever reaction that we are receiving from the other person and see it from more of an open-ended space of again, this this curious space, because when we're lost in the emotion, we're unable to see the person beyond that behavior, right? When, when our, our kids are making us really angry or really frustrated because they are in complete uh, retaliation or they are they're, they're pushing back or they are having a meltdown, they're having a tantrum. It can feel really easy to take it personally as a mother, as a father, as a nanny, as an aunt, as a grandma, as a grandpa, as an uncle, like all of these, all of these things where we feel like we have, where we should have respect, right? Where we should be respected and honored, why are our children teaching us or treating us this way? Why are our children responding us, responding to us in this way? And when we're taking what they're saying personally, when we're taking it as a vendetta against us, and when we're taking it as some kind of pushback, some kind of of way for them to to get under our skin, that's when they are going to hold this power over us in the sense of control, trying to control our emotion. There's this, the automatic response that we have that comes out of trigger from past trauma, right? Maybe we have some inner child wounds of, of, of shame or frustration that comes up because we ourselves were not allowed to have any power, any say, any voice. And so then when our children tried to try to do the same thing that we did as children, we, we received backlash, we received punishment. We have that same response that like trained in response that comes out. And so it's, that's not to say that we don't we're not allowed to have that feeling or that we shouldn't have that feeling and that we have complete control over it. And then one moment we're able to choose happiness and we're just happy. That is not what I am trying to say. What I am trying to say is that we, even through these emotions, do have choice to have multiple frames of thinking simultaneously. So while there may be a part of your brain or a part of your thinking or a part of your feeling, a part of your experience that may be saying, this child is trying to make me feel this. This child is trying to blank. This child is trying to take control of blank. That 
experience is real and that frame of thinking is a real experience for you. But there can also be another frame of thinking, frame of mind that can exist alongside that, that is not so personal, that can come at it from a another perspective or a different uh, experience. And a way to think about this, which is another concept in conscious discipline, is assuming positive intent. So instead of thinking of our children like our children are misbehaving, our children are being bad, our children are being annoying on purpose because they want, they just want all of our attention, they just want to take everything from us, they just want this, they want that, they blah, 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 blah. What could be the positive intent? If we were to assume that our children were doing this for the best reason possible, what would that be? The kindest reason possible, the the most wholesome reason possible. So for example, if your child is throwing toys at you, why could that be? What What is your child trying to do? What are they trying to receive in that moment? Could they be looking for love? Could they be looking for your presence could they be really tired right now and they just really are wanting a nap, but they don't know how to express that and it's coming out and throwing things because they're just so tired? Is it because they are feeling anxious because there's been a, a lot of change in their life and so they're just really wanting some some type of consistency or routine in their life, but because they're not getting that, there there's some emotional chaos that's going on for them right now could they just be wanting your love could they just be wanting some time and presence from you and so assuming positive joining these these two worlds assuming positive intent and not taking it personally quit taking it personally it gives us a new path for connection with our children and responding to our children instead of the triggered automatic response that we typically have with our children, which is usually from an exhausted place, right? Like being a parent raising our children while simultaneously in our careers, in our work, in our life, there there can be a smaller cup to give from. And I totally get that. And I see that and I know that. But give as much as you can when you can and take those little moments to remind yourself of these tools of not taking it personally and assuming positive intent, both for your your children and for yourself and giving yourself that positive intent of why am I responding in this way? What is the best reason possible that I am, what am I trying to seek out of the situation or in this behavior or in this relationship dynamic? What was, what part of me was trying to keep me safe or trying to bring me love or trying to bring me understanding and feeling seen? All of these things, all of these different perspectives and experiences gives us the opportunity to come back to heart, my friends. So this reminds me of an experience that I had recently with uh, a family. It was just one of my observations about a family because I work with a family that has a three-year-old and three-year-olds are in this interesting in-between place of 
three and four-year-olds of toddlerhood and childhood. And so there's a development of emotional maturity if nurtured, and there's also development in critical thinking, but it's still in a very, very naive and childish space as it will be for for years and years and years because the prefrontal cortex is not fully developed until your early 20s. But there is this growth period at three and four where they're starting to gain an understanding of cause and effect and, and, and action and consequences. However, they are still toddlers and they still do things that many of us adults just look at like why why would you do that why would you why why would you make that choice you know what was going to happen and while children do know what's or these these children do know what may know what's going to happen they're still a testing of these boundaries a testing of reality to gain understanding of those cause and effects and and what will happen if and how we will respond if these actions are taken. And so it reminded me of an experience of a family that I work with and little one was sitting by the door taking his shoes off and coming inside and dad was coming in at the same time. He was greeting everybody. Little one was in a very playful mood, uh, kind of mischievous at the time. And as dad was like closing the door he put his fingers in the cracks of the the door and the uh, the baseboard and it wasn't a fast close it was a very gentle close the door was already almost closed it was just a gentle pulling and he slips his fingers in and dad catches his fingers in the door and it was this very impulsive choice that this little one made to put his fingers into the door Knowing what was coming and knowing that if he did that, he was going to hurt his fingers. But there was still this, this like insatiable need <laughs> to do something, to experience this, this action that will have consequences that he knows some of the experience, but wants to see the different, the different flavors, the different spectrum of that experience. And so, of course, it hurt, right? He closed the door, it hurt his fingers. And dad's immediate response is, why would you do that? Just like I was saying, like they do these actions where we're like, why? You know that that's going to hurt you. You know, you've been you know, you've squished your fingers in the door probably since you were a year old. That's a very common thing. You do it in the cabinets, you do it in the drawers, you do it in the closet, you do it at the front door, the back door, the side door. It's a common experience. And you've probably done this dozens of times. And now you're at an age where you have more of a a mental understanding and maturity to understand what's going to happen. Why would you do that? So if we take these things, quit taking it personally, and the... uh, why am I blanking out? <laughs> positive intent, assuming positive intent. If we take these two things and apply them to the situation, the quit taking it personally, Q-tip, how can we apply this in the situation? So the response, why would you do that, usually comes from this place, one of uh, guilt. There can be guilt there as a caregiver when 
your children is hurt by indirectly by your hands, right? Dad didn't intentionally close the door on his child's hand to hurt him. He didn't know it was there. It wasn't an intentional thing. And yet there are children, they are small and tiny beings that when we hurt them, we feel guilty about it, right? It's like stepping on your cat's tail, squishing your kid's hands in the door. It makes us feel bad for inflicting pain on other people. And so the quit taking it personally has less to do about like his, the child's reaction towards dad, but less and more so about the action, the actual action that the child did with dad. So to quit taking it personally would be uh, not holding that guilt and projecting it outwards to try to make the make the heart feel less guilty. So the why would you do that is pushing out that guilt onto another person to help protect us from that feeling of guilt, right? To help or to to now put, place the focus on the child of you did this, this is your fault. So a, a way to quit taking it personally in that situation is then to empathize. So you can still now like place that feeling, but then uh, place that feeling outwardly, but it's more from this compassionate place of, oh, you just hurt your hand. You just hurt your fingers. You just squished them in the door. That really stinks. Daddy accidentally squished them in the door. I accidentally closed the door and you put your fingers in there. That really hurts. So that creates this 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 bonding, this connection moment of we kind of did this together. You know, you put your hand in there. Daddy closed the door. This was an accidental team effort of inflicting pain. Let me be here for you. And so now it's it's less from this uh, this personal place of this is about me or this is about you. And now this is this is about us. This is for us. So. The other spectrum of that is assuming positive intent, um, the other tool for this. So assuming positive intent, how can we assume positive intent in this situation? Why Why would you do that? It's the question that that still comes up in my head. Like, why would a child do this? If we're assuming positive intent, so thinking about a why would you do this from a positive perspective, what were you seeking to gain out of this experience? Oh, you wanted to see what was in the cracks of the door. Did you want to see what was in the cracks of the door? Or did you want to keep the door open? You weren't you weren't wanting daddy to leave or close the door. Or you were wanting to see what would happen if if your fingers got squished in the door. There are so many different ways to to think about this in our head. We don't have to repeat these things out loud to our children. It can just be an inner monologue of Maybe they wanted daddy to stay and they didn't want me to close the door. Um, daddy or, or little one wanted daddy to maybe wanted daddy to leave. You know, like there's all of these different uh, these different ways of thinking about the experience instead of just, you know, child stuck hand in door to be a child <laughs> or to to get themselves hurt. Which, you know, sometimes kids just do silly things for silly reasons uh, because they, again, are exploring the realm of possi possibility. But there can also be all of these other reasons of exploration for children that that come from a good place. And I truly believe 
that we are always doing things from our greatest space of understanding and we are constantly seeking safety, love, and connection. Our behaviors don't always seem to prove this, but if we're looking and assuming from positive intent, how can that change the narrative? How can that change the connection between all of us? That is all that I wanted and needed to share with you all today. I'm so grateful if you listen to this podcast episode. I have many more coming and many more uh, that I have spoken about already in different aspects and avenues of coming back to heart and how to deepen our relationships and our connections. So please feel free to go back and listen to past episodes and stay tuned for future episodes on Back to Heart. I will talk to you all soon. I wish you well.